Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are on Season 5, Episode 7, The Gift. Uh, it's... This was a good opening, wasn't it, for a change? Yeah, um, I, we came into this, and we we come in sort of midway through um, John tooling up um, to go north. Um, so that was it was good, and so we we get that sequence, and then we get um, there's a, a slightly extended bit where he's saying his goodbyes. Um, they bring out Tormund, who's in irons, and you know, much to everybody's disdain, um, John unlocks him. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really good scene, and we get um, a, a nice exchange between Thorn and. Uh, and John as well, where uh, Thorne says, oh, it's, it's my duty to tell you this is a fucking stupid idea, or whatever he says to him. Um, and John just says, well, yeah, thanks for being honest, and turns it back and off he goes, because he, he knows it's, he, he, I think he knows it has to be done, but he suspects it may well be a fool's errand anyway. Um, but it, being John, he has to do it because it's the right thing to do. He has to try and save them because he has to try and save everybody. No, that's that's what the hero does. So um, yeah, it's a really really nice opening, and so you know, obviously it looks stunning because it's fucking snow everywhere, and you know because of the nice contrast. It's, it was a really a really good opening, and as we've said before, when you come in halfway through a scene or halfway through a sequence, rather than starting it with I know that I, I know it's time to get my stuff ready, bring bring him from the jail. I've got to do this, which they have done so many times in the past. To not have that and to go straight into you know, the uh, so sort of the, the the end of that sequence and and getting ready to set off was a, a nice change. Yeah, definitely. Um, it felt much, much slicker. I mean, the tooling up sequence itself, you know, that kind of montage. I love a good tooling up sequence. So I, can't I was it. all kinds of up for that. But then also, yeah, you're dead right. Like Tormund just entering the scene uh, was brilliant. You know, previously they would have gone to get Tormund and then we'd yeah. have had to see Tormund walk up to wherever he's going to be. And then, you know, but there was none of that. It was just no muss, no fuss in the middle yeah. of the scene. We get out early as well. It was good. It was good opening. It was, um, it was. and as, as well as that, I mean, um, we had um, no, they, when they're bringing him out. It's no, again, he's still being treated like a bit of a circus attraction. You know, he, he's still drawing the stares and the looks and the sort of the, you know, the, sort of the, the side eyes and things like that because people can't help but look at him because you know, they they all think this is a really bad idea and this is fucking treasonous and all the rest of it as well. Um, but they're all kind of with the exception of Ollie, who just looks fucking like a sulky teenager, um, they all look slightly worried. Uh, no, and as yeah. much as no, they, they, it's like, what's he going to do? Is he going to, you know, because he's a wildling, don't forget. So has he got the strength of 10 bears? Is he going to break out those irons and start eating people? Yeah, um, there's definitely that comes over in it. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was really good. I think if I have one gripe, um, and it's yeah, it's a pretty minor one in the grand scheme of things, everything works. If I have one gripe, is that it feels more like the ending of the last episode than the opening of this one. Possibly, um, yeah. Um, I you know, John sort of. Week, but... Well, not. I mean, not necessarily last week. Just yeah. in general, it feels like you know John riding off and stuff. It feels like that's a place to close an episode rather than open it. Um, Potentially, but, then, but if you, if you close an episode of that, you you all, the temptation is always going to be to start the next one with the immediate follow on from that. So I, I I didn't mind it too much. Yeah, as I say, it was a minor gripe, but I mean that that is something that you know they've got previous for as well. We've had plenty yes. of openers that felt like closers and plenty of closers that felt like openers. So yeah, I don't know why that should surprise me, but in general, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, and, and then, the way the end scene as well, where um, he says his goodbye to Sam and Sam gives Sam gives him the dragon glass daggers. Yeah, um, that's a nice scene as well, and I like this episode. And we'll come on to it later on when Sam has a, a very important scene. But there's kind of like a changing of the guard in in this episode. 
um, whereby Sam really does sort of step up and become a far more important character than he's been thus far. Yeah, um, I can't say that I dislike this episode. Uh, it's got some good stuff in it, but it it's an odd one. We, we'll get into it as we yeah. go through. For me, it just felt odd. Um, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't particularly like it either. It's, it's something about it felt off kilter to me, but but we'll get into it as we go through. Um, but yeah, this, this opening is good. And then we get the scene with Sam and the maester as well, and the maester giving them a warning, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that's good as well. You know, it adds a lot of tension. Uh, and, you know, as we've said plenty of times on the show now, I love this stuff. I love all of the foreboding and, yeah. you know, the, the sense of creeping dread that comes with Castle Black and the White Walkers. This is the stuff I really, really like. So yeah. that's good. Like all of that. Um so then we're out of out of the wall um, and into Sansa. Um, yeah. Now, you know, just picking up on where we ended last week. Uh, again, I think, you know, Sansa is showing some strength. Like she's clearly she's clearly in an abusive marriage now. You know, she's yeah. clearly not enjoying it. But, you know, he hasn't broken her. Ramsay has not broken her. She is still determined. You know, she still says, well, I can get us out of this. I just yeah. need your help. You know, and, and she's, she's turning to Reek Theon, whatever his name is. You know, she's not just a hopeless wreck like Reek is. No, you that, know? that's um, it. And I mean, she wants to escape, you know. Yeah, and like we, we've seen with Reek, and we've said many times, you know, the whole thing with, with Reek is that it's hard to buy because we didn't see, you know, we didn't see him break. Um, and we're, we're seeing Sansa, there's a line from Sansa which says, um, and oh, Reek says, oh, we, we mustn't try and escape, he'll hurt us. And she says, he already hurts me. And yeah. she, again, she's already showing that she's far braver and far stronger than he ever was, mainly because he was a feckless cunt. Um, but it, no, again, it, it's good for her because it's shown her development her, and her continued development, her continued growth. But also just it's it's almost like she's she's now thinking, well, hang on, I need this fe- no, the feckless cunt that I knew, the one who was you know, supposed to be my brother and all the rest of it. I need him back because if I'm going to get out of this, which I'm going to get out of it because I'm not fucking staying here for the rest of my life, I need... No, I no, I'm locked in my room. I can't go anywhere. So I need somebody who can roam around the castle freely because everyone thinks he's a fucking idiot. Um, can go and do what I need him to do. And so yeah, no, this is her. She's she's strong, but also she's thinking. She's you no, know, there's a little bit of cunning behind it. There's a little bit of actual thought and planning gone into this. What she doesn't anticipate is obviously the fact that he's a whipped little bitch. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to that. Uh, definitely, that needs talking about. But but yeah, she's um. You know, there's, there's still definitely this abusive relationship. Okay? Yeah. There's definitely there. She's definitely hurt. But she, as I say, she is not broken. Um, and actually, you know, initially, I think she's very good with Reek as well. You know, she handles him expertly. You know, and she, you know, she sort of grabs hold of him and says, your name is Theon Greyjoy. Do you hear me? Yeah. You know, like she, she's literally saying to him, like, stop this bullshit. Like speaking for every fucking single one of us, no doubt. Just <laughs> go like, for Christ's sake. Like, yes, you know, here is... It, it almost feels like you're reaching through the screen here and just wanting yeah. to do it yourself, like for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, you, you know that's all good stuff. But then a couple of a couple of things with it. There, I like the scene. I thought it was good. Um, but there are a couple. Of, I do have a couple of issues. Um, first and foremost, what kind of like he's here in a serving capacity, basically, isn't he? He's, yeah, he, yeah. He, he brings her food, doesn't he? Just right. What kind of fucking servant? Walks straight in with food while the mistress is in bed. Well, yeah, there, there is that. I mean, like, again, the fact he was that fucking unprepared, he carried it up, put it down on the floor, and then had to look for his fucking keys. Yeah. Okay, so no, again, put a side table there. Just no bit of thought. 
Um, but, but, but how yeah, just let just with... lets him just lets himself in. Yeah, like no knock, no. Are you decent? No, yeah. no. She couldn't uh, be doing anything. She couldn't have been on the job. Well, yeah, that's it. And I mean, not but not only that. Like she's she's in the room and she's very much has no just got fucked bedhead. Um, she's covered in bruises. Her clothes are ripped. Ramsey's not in there. So why the fuck doesn't she get dressed? Tidy yourself up a bit. Yeah. You know. Uh, she's sleeping. He's obviously worn her out. I think. Um, I um, but yeah, no. So I mean, th- there's 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 that as well. But by and large, I think I think Sophie Turner does a great job. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's a decent scene. Um, like I say, there are some issues, but as you, as we said, but I, I, by and large, I think the the opening has been quite strong so far. Yeah, it has. Um, and and just incidentally, yes, Sophie Turner does a great job. And and actually, from here on out, uh, I certainly can't think of any instances off the top of my head where you will hear me say a bad thing about her. So uh, I, I think in general, she's going to become one of those where we just end up going, yeah, of course, she's great. Um, yeah, because because Sansa's arc and, and the way Sophie Turner portrays it from here on out, I think is fantastic. Um, but so there's that is the issue. And then the bigger narrative issue for me, which which you've already alluded on, is despite her like bearing in mind, OK, if we follow Theon's arc all the way through to where it's going to go as well, hmm. and the redemption arc he's on, all he wants now is forgiveness. He realizes he's fucked up. He just needs to sort of backpedal everything and make it right. Now, she has literally just laid that out in front of him. Yeah. And he's fucked off straight away and, and gone and told daddy what's happening. Yeah. Like what I I I I do not understand this character. He makes no sense whatsoever. No, I think the the problem is, let's say and it it's it stems from the very same thing. We didn't see him broken, so we don't know what the hold is, apart from the fact he was slightly mutilated in a fairly awful way. But in the course of you know, like three episodes or whatever it was, he went from being the most obnoxious twat in the show to being a cowering little puppy who's had his dick cut off. Mm. We didn't see that happen, so we don't know why, so we don't know what the hold is. But then he's given these opportunities to fight back, and we've said this before, So at the, even at the start of this season, whereby Roos and Ramsey were talking about you know, Tywin's death and things like that, and all this stuff that Theon would be taking in, because, as we've established, Theon is still in there. Yeah. So there, there will come a point, and by the end of this season, we do get a point where Theon re-emerges of a fashion. Um, but I don't know. I think the problem is because we don't know what his damage is. No, we we don't know the no, the the thing that actually broke him. We don't know what it was that actually you know, was the, the the final straw. We don't. It's it's hard to see what it is that's going to tip him back the other way. So as you said, no, he's he's full of remorse. He's full of regret. He's full of anger and fear and all the rest of it. This is a guilt edged opportunity. Yeah. To put it right and to prove himself, to prove that actually he's not Reek, to prove that he is Theon. Yeah. And he but doesn't he take it. But he doesn't take it. And I said, I'm fine with that. If if we knew why that was, I would accept that. But the problem is, I neither know nor give a fuck about Reed. No, no, exactly. Neither do I. And then what this also does is just bearing in mind we want to put him on a redemption arc, or we don't, but that's clearly the intention with the character, as we'll see played yeah. out. Like, you don't need to dig his trench any fucking further. If you want to redeem him, you need to start now. He's already like the most hated character, yeah. I think. I mean, so, he's, he's way behind eight ball at this point. So you don't want to be you don't want to be setting him even further back. You want to be now digging him out. Yeah, uh, it's, it's so like I, the um, the Simpsons episode where Bart pretends to be stuck in a well, and they're trying to dig themselves out, and Quimby has to remind them to dig up. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's like how how much fucking further back can you go? And still give yourself time to redeem the character. Yeah, it's 
it's awful. It's, I, I fucking I hate Theon and I hate Reek and I hate this whole storyline and it makes no sense. So, but anyway, there it is. Um, unfortunate misstep, the first one of the show, uh, of this episode anyway. Yeah, I was, was going to uh, say of the episode, not, not of the, the show. show. No. Uh, second one for me. Um, where the fuck has this illness come from all of a sudden with the Maester? He, he well, he, he is old. We give him that. I mean, and yeah, and I it, get it, is, that. it is getting colder because winter's coming and all that. But what it was established, I think the last time we were there, and we talked about the episode whereby they were in the library and there were various comings and goings in the library, and the scenes being slightly too long with the you know with the shots yeah. of people leaving. So in that scene, somebody comes in to tell John or uh, that the major has been taken ill. Really? So, we, so we it happened off screen. It was a line a couple of weeks ago. Fuck me, I totally missed that. Um, that's, it's, it's, that's... Because, it's because it was in the midst of two important bits of a different scene where Sam was in the library, A, talking to Gilly, and then B, talking to Stannis. I mean, that's just poor, isn't it? You know, this is like, show, don't tell. Rule one, rule fucking one. This is this is film, okay? Or TV, I know, but same thing. Okay, yeah, same it's, it's, it's a visual medium. It's, it's a visual medium. You show, you don't tell. Yeah, um, it's not Because otherwise this happens. Um, so look, it's fine. I understand it. I, I'm just like, what? A, like, he a seems warning, to have gone from, nice. He seems to have gone from naught to sixty immediately. He's like fine. Like like last time we saw him, he was fine, and now he's like literally at death's door and delirious. Yeah. Uh, I I don't buy it. So it it kind of and it and it's a shame because both scenes are good. Yes. Where they're with the mate, but. I can't help but thinking, why is he ill? I want to know what's going on here. So it it undoes some of the good. Um, it's, it's one of those rare things in the show called death by natural causes. Yeah, uh, I mean we're we're no almost fifty episodes in. It's fucking unprecedented. Yeah, uh, completely. But it's, I mean it's not the end of the world. It just it's something that sticks in my in my jaw a little bit. So yeah, it ruined what was otherwise I think quite a good scene. Yeah. But but again, I mean, as I said earlier on, it's it's building to Sam becoming far more important. Um, in, it is in, in this season and then obviously going forward as well. It is, but it's you know, and I, and I get that. I get everything that's happening here. I just think, like, really, it, like we could have had a scene last week showing him deteriorating or something. Like, yeah, you know, but we, it, we needed... it was far more important to have like an extra twenty seconds of reek. Yeah, you know, we we needed the signpost in here, I think. So, but anyway, it is what it is. Um, he carks it, uh, gets gets the funeral pyre and stuff like that, and yeah. then like the most tone deaf thing, I think. Like, and for a show that that is almost entirely tone deaf, like this, <laughs> that that's that takes some doing. But you know, Thorn's line to Sam, you, you know, as he's burning the maester, you're losing yeah. all your friends, Tarly. Um, yeah. That's a bit fucking much, even for Thorn. Well, like, yeah, because I mean... The guy's literally just died. Yeah, but the thing is, it almost implies that what happens next for Sam is kind of planned, it's kind of Thorn's doing. Yeah. Which I don't know whether that's the intention or whether that's just you know, opportunism and all the rest of it, but it kind of, it, it suggests that actually you're a friend of John's, therefore we're going to fuck you up. Oh, and we're it's... we're gonna we're gonna do it. You no, know, and it's it's gonna be a coordinated coordinated effort rather than just being, you know, two two brothers deciding to take it upon themselves. It's definitely that. That's definitely the intention. It is a threat, and and I got well, that. That, that, that that side of it is, but I mean, it's it, whether whether that's the whether that's actually what has no what does happen or not. It's not clear. Well, that that was the that's the reading I took from it when they do show up later on. That that is the reading that I took from it, but. 
it is still entirely tone deaf. Like there is a yeah. time and a place, yeah. and not even like I don't think like there's no one on the planet that's that big a cunt, real or imagined. Like there well, are. I don't know. There's one in the White House. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. That that's there you go. Then there's the comparison. That's a Trumpian thing to do. Like yeah. there are even even the biggest assholes in society accept that there are certain just unspoken known basic rules to society but not only that even if he even if thorn in his in his capacity as, as acting lord commander um even in his in the position he's in even knowing what he is going to do he you no know, mace raymond was one of his brothers yeah. So regardless of his feelings for John, regardless of his feelings for Sam, out of respect for a man exactly. who he would have been at the wall, wall with for a fucking long time, because they're both getting on a bit. Exactly. You know, he's not going to go out of his way to make a no to make a threat like that. No, not here. This is not the. T- it's, this is essentially his funeral. Yeah. Like, it is not the time and place no. for that. Like yeah, you, sentiment's fine. Like he's gone as well. That's another one. Okay, sentiment is fine. Yeah. I get it. But this is not the place for it. No, you do that later. You you, you catch him by the arm as he's walking past you in a in a hallway, and you do that. Yeah, and and look, here's the thing. I know they've only got so you know so many minutes in an episode to play with and stuff like that. But there's bound to be stuff later on they could cut. And the problem with it is, is that dropping something like that in a scene like this steps on the scene entirely and pulls me out of it because yeah. you're going, whoa, hang on a minute. Whereas what we should actually be doing is mourning the maester. So yet again, they just completely throw a death away. Yeah. Um. And, but, but it doesn't. This one doesn't count because you know it wasn't gruesome. It's you know it's it's just and and the maester like whilst he hasn't had masses of screen time, he has been pretty much omnipresent since the start. Yeah, he's been there all along. Like he's an important character, and he's you know he's occasionally a voice of exposition as well. So he's one that we connect with. So yeah. it's important and, that he gets the proper send off. Yeah, and, and not only that, I mean he he has a position whereby he you know, he has been able to do that. No, he 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 got the casting vote with the um, Lord Commander ballot. You know, he's he's been you no, know, he's been there when they've had their um you no know, effectively their town hall meetings, you no, know, where they where they're all, all discussing what they're you know, what they're doing and you know, somebody's laying out a plan. He you no, know, he's involved in all of that. And yeah, we don't know, we don't even get apart no, we yeah, we get to see the sort of the, the human side of him where he you know he is delirious and he's you know, calling for his you know, his little brother and stuff like that. We get that and that's a nice touch, but we don't get to see the impact that has on no. and, and the ramifications that will have for the watch. No. Uh, so that really fucking annoyed me. Um, so we get that scene. Then we're back with Sansa again. And here's that word again. Wardeness. Yeah. I'm still not convinced it's a real fucking word. Hang on. Google's your friend, kids. It just doesn't sound right to me. It sounds like some mangled fucking just weird gendered term that they've come up with like what's what's the female equivalent of a warden oh it's a wardeness like surely a female warden is a warden isn't she okay um so we've got the first thing that comes up on um on google is warden female equivalent being wardeness is a title bestowed upon the head of a great house by the ruler of the seven kingdoms so fucking so they made it up so well i don't, immediately google's fucked it but um it does it does appear that that it may be a thing um, it's it's used quite widely. Okay. Um, so whether it's real or not, I don't know. Um, I I don't know either. To me, it doesn't. It sounds like I, a I, word. To, to me, a warden is a warden, whether it's male or female. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's a job role. Yeah. It's, you don't. Uh, you know. You don't have a driver s or a, a you know a king s. You just... No, that's a queen. 
that's a queen. Yeah, I know, I know that's a queen, but it's, it's a separate term for it. It's yes, not, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, so to me, a warden's a warden. It's just like king's a king, queen's a queen, driver's a driver. Yeah. Shopkeep's a shopkeep, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's it. Isn't it? I mean, I, it's not something I, I'd ever heard um, until, until, until this either. It's not something I've heard in any other context ever. I mean, you know, does does Brienne want to be a knight s? You know, it's what is the, what is the female equivalent of a knight? A knight. <laughs> it's a knight. A female well, no, knight is a knight. Well, no, because because when pe- in in like no actual world stuff, when people are men are knighted, what, what happens? No, so a, a man is knighted and becomes a sir. Oh, you mean like actually? Yeah, I mean they're not knights now, though, are they? No, of course they're not. They're not fucking prima donna celebrities. Um, they're, they're baronesses, aren't they? No, that's the equivalent of a baron. Are they dames? Yes. Knights and dames? That's what it Sirs is. Sirs and dames? Knights and dames. That sounds like a musical. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like guys and dolls, but set in medieval yes, times. Yeah, sli- <laughs> yeah, slightly posher. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it's like, it's sort of, it's it's a gangster's mall who travels back to medieval times. That's what it is. Knights and dames. <laughs> I'd pay money for that. You heard it here first. Yeah, okay. let's write it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, knights and dames. Um, Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I think it is a dame. Uh, but there again, it's not just the word with s on the end no it's not night s no you know it's it's bollocks in it it's bollocks anyway i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend too much time on it if you know the answer listeners uh (laughs) let us know because i genuinely want to know because every time i hear it i go oh that's a horrible word um it just doesn't sound wardeness of the north it's just a mouthful isn't it yeah it's not i don't know uh anyway so there's that uh, and then we get the reveal of what Theon's done. You know, he's he's run to Ramsay and basically laid out Sansa's entire plan. And I've just written in big, bold capital letters, Theon's actions make no fucking sense. Correct. Ah, with loads of exclamation points and loads of A's. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. It makes me want to put my fucking fist through the fucking screen. And yeah. that's all written in capital letters. It takes up about a quarter of a page. Um, I am really fucking annoyed. Yeah, I mean, the the we, we do get them. So we get the fact that um, Theon has gone off, and we've so sort of followed him through the castle. And it looks obviously it, it's it's shot in a way that it looks like he's going up the broken tower, and he's going to put the candle up. Now, so it, yeah. it's it's set up. No, it's set up nicely. It looks good. Um, but then obviously he goes through the door, and Ramsay's there, and we know exactly what he's done. Yeah. Um, but the scene with uh, with Sansa, whether again they're out in the snow, she's in her fucking Scottish widow's cloak. Um, I know, and, and you know, it's getting the uh, just the dust and the snow on it. That's really nice. And I missed it first time around. I saw it this time when I watched it. But the first time I watched um, this episode back when it was when it was actually on, I missed the fact that she picked up a weapon. Yes, she does. Yeah, she conceals she a weapon up in her sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's a corkscrew or some sort of pico or it, whatever it is. I think but... it's a corkscrew. That's what yeah. I thought it was. Anyway, yeah. Or maybe but... like a cheese thing. One of those yeah. cheese things. Yeah, but it, are, they, are they cheese screws? I think they a cheese wire, don't you? Well, no, you, you have a cheese wire for, for slicing cheese, but yeah. if you've got a big wheel of cheese and you need to take a piece out of it, you have no, like I mean, a, I don't know what the name of it is, but I you have know. something that you insert into the center of the cheese. I could find out. I have a friend who's a cheese expert. Um, I, could, I could find out and I'll, and I'll let you know next week or something, but there is definitely, there is a term. I'm, uh, I'm sure there is. I don't eat a lot of cheese, so I, I, I wouldn't know. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, I missed the fact that she picked up whatever this food-based weapon is, uh, which yes. just happened to be lying around on top of a barrel in the fucking snow. Okay, so it's called a cheese tester. Okay. Um, say what you see, I guess. Um, 
It's not a spiral though. It, it's it's a very it's very similar to a corkscrew. It's got a T piece on the end and then goes into a long sort of conical point. Okay. Um, but there's no kind of twist in it. So that was definitely a corkscrew. What she picked yeah. up, I think. Yeah. Uh, governor, right? Okay. Uh, there so, you go, listeners. You learned something tonight. Yeah, it's a you cheese learned, tester. It's a cheese tester. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that's all good. I like her picking it up. As I say, I like I like where a character goes from here and out. She's really growing. Yeah. Um, so she, she's looking for options. She's looking for a way out. She's not looking to be saved anymore. She, you know, she she is looking for okay. If if, if Theon can help me, great. But I'm not going to rely on that as my only way out. So she's actively seeking things out. I mean, Sansa of season one, two, three would never have thought to pick up a fucking corkscrew. No, no, definitely not. So so that was good. Um, we've we've already whinged about the stuff with Theon, and then we, we're into this scene then with Stannis and Melisandre. Well, before I mean, we, before that, we obviously we get the the bit where Ramsay basically you know, he reveals that he knows what she's done, and we get you no, know, we're already fearful he's going to punish her for it. But he you know he he's very nice because he outwardly he is very you no know, he is very nice. That's what he does. He 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 adopts the airs and graces of um of a gentleman. Yes. So so that no, so that's all good stuff as well. One thing we did gloss over is the fact that you no know, Sansa is trying to bait him as well. So the talk about his stepmother being pregnant. And what if she has a boy? Because it would be you know, a true blood or a legitimate, all the rest of it. And he said, well, I was legitimized by, by Royal Decree. She says, yeah, by another bastard. And she's just trying to get that rise on him. She's just trying to push him because she knows there are people around. And yeah. she, you know, she, so she, you know, she was, she's, you know, she's seen how cruel he is. And obviously Reek knows how cruel he is. But other people may or may not know. So again, just trying to goad him, which I thought was a really ballsy move. But again, it was really good because seeing him sort of, sort of squash it all back down because he, you know, there's, the, you can see in his face there's an urge to slap the living fuck out of her. And yeah. he sort of bites his tongue and just, oh, yes, but, you know, it's all, all fine. And then he just move, glosses over it and moves on to the bit where he flayed the old woman. And then you get the the, the slightly gross shots of the nice skinless woman on screen. Yeah, um, I, I get the I get the threat. Um, and, and at least they kind of showed it to us rather than have him tell us what he did. But um, it's pretty fucking gruesome, isn't it? It, it um, is, but I mean, it's it's not good. You know, we, it could have been worse. We could have seen it, or we could have seen the end of it, like no, like we've had yeah. in the past where they've gone into that. So the fact that we've got a woman, no, a woman who's been nailed up to to a wall or a gate or a cross or whatever it is that she's on, and he's saying no, no, most people scream and no, this one, no, this one's heart gave out before I started. Or, no. Again, there's there's just a nice bit of there's a, almost a bit of character work with him where it's it's the thing that he enjoys, and he's he's actually taking yes. a bit of pride in his work, and it's the again, it's, we very rarely see that. And we'll see no. it again next week or the week after, I think, as well. Uh, yeah, you know, for as much as he's an absolute cunt, um, he's he's an unapologetic cunt, and I kind of oh, like yeah, him he, for that. Yeah, it's the same as Joffrey. He knows what he is and doesn't yeah. give two shits what anybody thinks. No, and it's it's very well played as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I like, I hate him because we're meant to hate him. So that that's, you know, it's all good. He's allowed to torture all women. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, Ramsey, yeah. you scam. Yeah, yeah you little know? rascal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's that was played for and got. It was all good, um, but then yeah, we're into this scene with Stannis, um, and yeah, you know, we've come a long way with Stannis. I think this season, and, and yeah. I've mentioned it a few times. There's been some really good scenes with him, um, and you know they come to a head here as well. You know his his reluctance to follow Melisandre's orders, and then him following that through with kicking her out because she basically tells him that he needs to burn Shireen. Yeah. Um, and he but, flat out refuses because we have the backstory there as well. You know, we know that he, despite, you know, what people may think, he cares more for this this girl than anything in the world. 
So yeah. he is absolutely not going to even entertain the notion. And that's great. You know, he's he's got a backbone. He's got yeah. the pipe he's saying like, yes, look, I get it. Yes, I want, you know, I want the Lord of Light on my side. Yes, I follow what you've done. But this is too fucking yeah. far. I am, the- you know, I, I am a man of principle and I'm a man of honor at the end of the day. And this is wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's all good. And it's a really good scene between the two of them. Yeah. But they do and all it- of this good work and flush it down the fucking toilet as usual. So... Yeah, I mean it's um it it, it comes off the bat I and mean, it's it's a, it's a scene of two bits um like we've had many many times before so I um, mean it starts with um Sir Davos talking a lot of sense as usual so yeah. you know all the cell swords are fucked off because their cell swords and they're cold and they're camped out in the middle of the bloody snow the horses are dying we're running out of food we're running out of, we're running out of rations presumably that means booze um no we need to we need to regroup we go back to Castle Black we wait out the winter and get, um put get ourselves in a stronger position. And it's you know, Davos is talking sense, but obviously Stannis is invested, and he, you know, he's he believes he's got God on his side. Yeah. So he doesn't want to hear it. Now it's interesting that you've got um, Davos talking sense because um, there was an, uh, an article published yesterday or today, um, and it's all coming out of this um, this book that we're going to read at some point. Um, but he basically um, didn't. He never stood up to the showrunners apart from they um, they wanted when he gets to um, Marine. And is um, uh, and meets uh, Daenerys, and uh, is confronted by Melisandre for the first time. He no, they they wanted him to basically become a lecherous old fucker, and he st- no, he actually stood up to him. And I'll, I'll post a link to the article because I thought it was a, re- a really good article. But he's saying that all the work they've done with you know, with him nurturing Shireen and you know, the relationship, you know, the sort of the very paternal, very innocent relationship he had there, and then the relationship he goes on to have with um, uh, Lyanna Mormont uh, later on as well. It's all undone if they make him start drooling over a girl half his age. Um, so I thought it was quite interesting. And obviously, it's quite timely that it came up with this episode where he's there talking absolute fucking sense and everyone around him is going, no, fuck off. Don't be so stupid. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, yeah, as, as you said, we'll get into that book in detail, I think. To, both of us need to read it. And, and we'll do a special, I think, picking apart some of the stories in it because it's it's almost daily now. Yeah, uh, that Mark and I send an article to to each other back and forth that we've read in this book, and they just get progressively worse. Uh, and this one, you know, is uh, unfortunately just a, another example of this this kind of purveying attitude that we've talked about since since before these stories even started coming out. You know, way back at the con last summer. Yeah. You know that that just sort of highlights just the abuse of power from these two motherfuckers. It's it's disgraceful really uh, and, and this one you know whilst yes they may not be abusing power here with with this character but you know some of the things they've made the women on the show do and just this attitude again of of taking a character who has been nothing but honorable and is always this sort of just calm and empathic sense of right in the show oh he's, yeah he's, he's, he's a the, definite moral compass for he, for, was, for standards at the words. moment took the words out of my mouth, not just for Stannis, I think he is the moral barometer for the show. Hmm. Like, I think if, if you want to know, you know, what what the true and just cause is, what the side of right is, you just look at what he's doing. And he will flit between allegiances because he will do what he thinks is right at all well, it's, times. Well, it's kind of like, um, like Varys. Varys says right at the start of season one, he's loyal to the throne. He's not loyal yes. to any particular house. He doesn't give a fuck who's sitting there. He is loyal to the throne, and whatever the throne needs, that's what the, that's what he will do. That's where his allegiance lies, because he will always do 
if he's doing right by the throne, he in theory is doing right by the people. And it's yes. it's that it's that sort of thing again. Uh, it's it obviously it's not spoken with with Davos because you no know, Varys is a man of words, whereas Davos is you no know, man of beard. Um, and so yeah, but you, you're right. It's absolutely you no. Know, Any time you see him, there is never a, there's never a question over what his intentions are or what his morals are. You know, yeah. he, when he released Gendry, he, you know, it was it was because he was honourable. When um, uh, no, when he um. Uh, you know, there are a couple of examples you know, where you had the um, the smoke monster and stuff like that. All the things he has done, the things that are bad, he doesn't want a part of, and he out no he outright says, "I want no fucking part of that." And he'll suffer for it. He'll be yeah. locked up for it. And, yeah, and he'll like, be locked up. He loses fingers and all all yeah. this sort of stuff. Well, he... Whilst his allegiance may be unwavering to Stannis, he will not do anything that he considers to be wrong for anybody. No. And we'll see that you know later in the show as well with other rulers that he'll yeah. come to to ally himself with. And so to take that to take that character who is level-headed and moral and just and as you pointed out not just with the younger girls in the show either he is just fatherly he is fatherly to just about everybody you know he's somebody you can go to for advice he's got a kind of paternal warmth about him yeah and and to take that and twist it to the point of perversion is just mental it, yeah, it, it makes, makes no, sense. no sense for the character whatsoever other no, than none. Oh, let's do this. Won't this be funny? He'll give us an excuse to get to get a kit off. Yeah, that and that's what it is. You know, it's oh well, if he's going to pervert, and then she'll have to be naked. So let's do that. Well, yeah, and, we, and we've already we've already had that. No, we've already had Grey Worm looking you know, rather longingly if, you know, in the river and stuff like that. So we you know we've already done that. So then to reintroduce that, but with a character where, I mean, you know, with Grey Worm to an extent, but a character where there's no need for it at that point. Yeah, um, and obviously the relationship with Grey Worm has grown, but you no, know, to introduce. Davos into that mix, it's it would add another another string to a story which doesn't need it, and completely ruin his character. Because then, as soon as we go from uh, we go from from Marine and we get to the the the, the later no, the the, sort of the the later seasons where you know where he is acting as a sort of mentor to Lyanna Mormont again. She you know she's a little girl, and, and is would the insinuation then be well, hang on, is that his thing? Is no, does he like no, does he constantly go after younger models? And yeah. that, that completely cheapens the character because the, the character is very is very good and very important. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot coming out of this book. That's just one of them that's sidetracked us slightly. But, yeah, for more on that, listeners, stay tuned because we will pick this book up yeah. and dive into it. And, and as I'm sure many of you out there are doing as well. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, good scene, I thought, for Stannis and Melisandre. Um, and good scene at, at the start as well, yeah, with with Davos. Just start to finish, I thought it was it was yeah. good stuff. I'm really liking the Stannis storyline this season. I, I think yes. it's doing good character work with him. But this is the first kind of it's the first yardstick that says, "Hold on, this is about to fucking nosedive." And it just annoyed me because <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh no, why do we why do we have to go there with it later on?" Yeah, um, it makes no fucking sense, and you know, and they reinforce that it makes no sense here. The words are spoken. He he, flat out says he's not going to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, horrible. Um. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's that. Um. And then we're like, well, let's get into this scene with Sam. Then I guess. Yeah. Um, it's just just fucking awesome, isn't it? Um. It's yeah. Great. It's, it's absolutely great. He is absolutely brilliant. Um. You know, just just planting his feet firmly and and sort of after the obviously this basically it's it's the classic it's two goons come to shake down the guy's girlfriend yeah. um it's classic tropes what we've used ourselves um it's <laughs> it is a classic um 
but yeah they, they execute it really well it's not original you know this definitely has a whiff of george mcfly about it oh definitely uh, you know it's you almost want the sting from back to the future in there it's it's definitely got a george mcfly kind of kind of uh feel to it but yeah you know him stepping in to save Gilly and then getting the shit kicked out of him after they've sort of called him a lard ass and what have you and yeah. beating the shit out of him. Not literally, they they're slightly more eloquent than me, which is odd for this show. Um, but then you know for for him to then stand back up yeah. and beat the shit out of him and and it's like no, we're not going to let him stay down and take a kick. And he gets back up and reiterates, "I said get yeah. off her." And and that's it. And I mean that that's the bit I was talking about. So as I've said no, this this is kind of a, a renaissance for uh, for Sam. No, this is his rebirth as a character because all of a sudden it's no, it's 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 almost. You know, I, I doubt it's intentional because it's Wonder, Wonder Twins wrote it, but it's almost sort of symbolic that they knock him down and the, no, they they half kill him, mm. and then when he gets back up, he's like, no, it's it's like no, he's different Sam, he's new Sam. Yeah, and he's, it, no, he's he's it's, listen, it, they literally George McFly. It is exactly like he gets knocked down and just gets back up and repeats himself. Um, it they George McFly and they they pull it off perfectly, yeah. I think. Um. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. And then on top of that, we get our first direwolf for fucking years. I mean, big, big capital letters, exclamation point in my notes. Direwolf. I mean, Ghost is the fucking best as well. Let's just put it out there now. I mean, there's not many of the fuckers left. I was going to say, there's only him left, isn't it? Yeah, but he is. I mean, Ghost is the best anyway. Just flat out, obviously, he is the best. Um, and he's, it's it's less of a wolf now and more of a fucking small horse. Like it's not even a fucking small horse at this point. He's fucking gigantic now. I love it. I love seeing the direwolves. We haven't seen one for ages. I love that it's Ghost as well. I Seeing Ghost like, rip the shit out of things and scare people is one of my favourite fucking things. Last time I can remember it happening was actually, I think, back season three where we had the scene up at uh, Craster's. Was, I think, that was season four. Really, was it season four? Yeah. So that was the last time we really saw Ghost and I loved that as well. Anytime they just let him cut loose, I think it's fucking great. Um, so I love that, but... And I know it's not in character either, but it does cheapen things for Sam ever so slightly. Um, like I know, I know Sam can't handle himself, but he is a brother on the Night's Watch at the end of the day. And I feel like had Sam had more agency in actually defeating those guys, it would have just cemented the scene slightly. Whereas yeah. having Ghost bail him out is, you know, like it's cool. It is cool, and it shows us that you know, Ghost understands that you know he's not just John's pet. He understands yeah. that Sam's a friend too because yeah, Sam is John's friend. Yeah, and so, again, he's on he's on the side of right. Yeah, so so it's all good. I, I don't hate it at all. It's all good. I just feel like if Sam had been able to outsmart them somehow, uh, yeah. then that would have just added a bit more to his character again. Um, but yeah. hey, we got to see the direwolf. So Sam was awesome. And we got to see the direwolf, so yeah. it's fine. Although I, I will, I will say they did slightly cheapen it at the end, whereby you know, uh, Ghost comes in and the the two brothers fuck off, and then um, so Gilly goes to him and says, "Are oh, you are all right?" He said, "Yeah, no, I'm okay." Oh, actually, no, I'm a bit woozy, and then he faints, and that cheapened it for me. Like, it's funny, but it didn't need it. No. They could have quite easily, no, they could have quite easily had the scene end with you know, the two brothers fucking off, and no. Um, He's he's either there looking fucking stern, or she's or she's now looking at him concerned because he's had the shit kicked out of him. Something other than the the cheapening effect or the comic relief, which because I mean Sam has always been the comic relief for the watch, and that's unfortunate. But it, as they are going to move away from that, and you, you know you can see what's coming out as as we progress into the, into the next couple of seasons, Sam will become far more important and and less of a figure of fun. Yeah. And 
it's almost as if they, they couldn't resist one last pot shot at him. Yeah, I think I think the gag helps to lighten the scene because it is quite heavy and it is tense. So I'm okay with a gag being there, but I think you're right, it cheapens the same thing again for him to essentially pratfall and say, oh, I feel a bit woozy. Um, what she could have asked him, was he okay, when he's clearly beaten up? And he could have just flat out said, uh, no, or I've been better or something like that. Yeah. And a gag could have come from somewhere else. But to, to have him kind of, yeah, do the, do the classic, oh, I need to sit down kind of thing. It was a bit, it's a bit pantomime. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as you say, no, we could have had a spoken gag there because that's what Sam's all about. Sam's all about words. Yes. So give him something to say. Yes. That, and that, that makes the end of that scene far more, more effective, I think. Uh, I agree. I agree. Um, definitely. But it is a good scene. Uh, and then it leads on to um, just another good scene. Like Sam and Gilly are just so sweet. Um, you know, I mean, all, you know, I've written in my notes, go on, Sam, get in there, son. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all, all joking aside, it's such a sweet scene. It really yeah. is. Um, it's it's up there with John and Egret, I think, this scene. It is, it is really lovely. Mm. Um, and and it, again, it just goes to show what this, what this show can accomplish if they just spend the time with the characters and treat them with respect and don't yeah. have them act out of character at any given point. Yeah. Like, I think Sam is a character that, by and large, I don't think we've ever seen him take a massive misstep. Like, yes, that's because he's so broad and he's comic relief a lot of the time. But he never really does act out of character, does he? No, um, I mean, with with John, when things are going, when things are getting serious, he's always the voice of reason. Yeah. Um, with with Gilly, he's a, he's nurturing. He's a protector. Yes, okay. We know as we've just seen, he can't actually physically protect her, but no, that's still the role he wants to take because he wants to take. He want he's he you know he's he's an honourable man and he feels responsible because she she left Craster's with him. Yeah, so so he you no know, he has got to look after her. he's got to look after the baby, and so no so that no that side of him is very serious as well. And so there are very few opportunities that they give him to go to to go too far wrong. And even when they are there, I think there's um when I think it's next season, um where he goes home, he goes back to his family home, and there's one thing that he does which we'll come to when we get to that episode, but I don't think is entirely in keeping. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, yeah, he's usually pretty much grounded and pretty much he's all no he's pretty much always sam he's never trying to be anybody else or they've no. never got him trying to be anybody else no i agree and and so that that helps tie into the scene when he gets rewarded for doing these things then it helps tie in again it's a very very sweet scene it's absolutely lovely um but they do fuck it at the end by just making it a little bit silly and going for a gag and having him making silly fucking shagging noises yeah um you know there's no need you've just had a the scene is beautiful it is yeah. two characters that we spend a lot of time with just finally really admitting their feelings for each other and and just expressing themselves and it's it's a lovely lovely scene and then you have to go and have him just pull a cum face basically well, yeah and, and make stupid noises like yeah, and, and again they'd have been as with the previous scene they'd have been better off ending it just a little yeah. bit sooner to not cheapen it yeah don't be like Sam. Yeah, just end prematurely. Just we don't need to see it. Just get it done. Just cut it off. Be done with it. And leave us with this lovely scene. Don't. I, I don't get the need for it. I no. really don't. Um, but yeah, there we go. So we're then over with Tyrion and Jorah. Yes. And our friend, the fucking slaver, who I hate. Um, 
that, I, don't get me wrong. I think that's the point. You're supposed to hate him, but I think that you're supposed to hate him for different reasons than we actually do. Yeah. Um, now, there's, there's this bid going on for Jorah because um, he's this prize specimen and obviously he gets a high price for him. Yeah. And then Tyrion insists on going with him. Yeah. Why? I think... Um, I'm going to struggle with this. I th- I think there's it's no because, good reason, is there? No, well, there, there is because they're going. They're, their aim is the same anyway. They're both they're, they're both aiming to get to Marine to Daenerys, and I think Tyrion realizes that on his own he's not got much of a chance because he'll be passed around market to market to market and sold as the fucking comic dwarf, and he'll never get there. He will no, his life will will basically end in bondage. At least this way, if he sticks with Jorah, he has a chance, and I think that's kind of the logic. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Um... That's a reach, don't no, mind you. That's... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just not sure why. Bear in mind, yeah, like yes, he was going to Marine anyway. Um, but Jorah but, kidnapped him. Yeah, like... but I, I think. I mean, I, I don't. I think he realizes he will never be free on his own. He no, he will never be able to escape on his own. He needs. He needs Jorah for that. Maybe. Um, it just. Uh, I don't know. I mean, as, as we've said a million times before, any any time he goes into any sort of combat, he gets knocked out and misses it all anyway. So no, maybe. And that no, he he. If if he's got any chance of getting himself out of slavery, he's going to have to stick with somebody who's going to who who has a vested interest in keeping him alive, and that's Jorah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, to me, though, it just made him look weak. Um, if I'm honest, and and it left me questioning why he absolutely had to go with Jorah. Um, when you know, as a character, Tyrion's shown us time and time again that he's smart, uh, and I think you know, left on his left to his own devices. There's a way to explore this and have him get his own way out of being sold into slavery um, through wheeling and dealing or whatever. But yeah, that's, but that's just not what we talk. The process. It does. Um, I just did. I didn't care for it. I, I didn't care one way or the other. I've got to be honest. No, um, neither did I. If I'm perfectly honest. So we get to. I, although we did, we did get this. You no, know, I mean having seen him jab of the hut Shay uh, and um, crossbow Tywin at the end of the last season. We, no, we've we've seen him. Do yet more damage to to persons. Uh, um, you know, where he starts whipping the bloke with a chain, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, uh, and don't forget, he has a magic dwarf cock. Well, yeah. So you know, he can he can threaten them by doing a voodoo dance or something because they're all superstitious backwater well, imbeciles. So. Well, yeah, that's it. Um, but anyway, it, yeah, don't really care. Just rub me up the wrong way. So we're over to Danny and Dario. Um, yeah. It's a really great scene. This, um, it's really, really good. Uh, I think Amelia Clark's performance is fantastic. And again, it comes down to things, things that are sort of conveyed without speech in this show. When you're when you're allowing an actor to act without giving them words, because let's face it, some of the dialogue is pretty poor. Um, yeah. And especially for Danny, um, they do a pretty good job. And there is one just specific shot here where she sat up in bed with her back to Dario. Yep. And, you know, he, he basically just lays it all out to her. Like you can have everything, you can have it all. And she knows that she can't. Yeah. Um, and just there's this very brief shot is, it is a close up, So they've, they've played for it, but it's, it's quite a brief shot. And it's, she just has the slightest hint of just fighting back a tear. She just yeah. takes this big gulp um, she's starting to well up and she's just accepting that she can never have what she wants. Yeah. Because the position that she's now maneuvered into as is all encompassing and she's, she's set this thing in motion and she can't stop it now. So she can't have a simple life 
with Dario, she will now always be Queen Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. So and, and the, the shot you mentioned that was one I was going to men- I was going to bring up myself because it's as, as I say it, it's almost perfect because you you do get this of this 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 almost imperceptible gulp and so the 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 look of just at the fucking loss on her face where she's like I can't I like no I know I can't I I know I've I'm accept I've accepted that and that's something that no I'm gonna have to live with but in that split second that she turns back to him the fucking mask is back on and she's all yeah. smiles and soft no and soft no, soft words and, and softly spoken and it's it's absolutely perfect it's a really good scene it's really good from her as well the one thing um the one thing I did um back up against and it's possibly for the reason for the reason that our opinion is unpopular when it comes to, to Daenerys anyway, is that when he suggests that you know, there's a way that she can fix all this by rounding up all of the masters who control the, the sons of the harpy and killing them, mm. she balks at it like it's you no know, like it's slaughtering puppies. But she's done But she's done far fucking worse. worse. Yeah, yeah. I I I thought that as well. Um, so I mean that that's the only bit of this scene that that won me up a bit because she's done that and worse. I mean if you look back to when she was in Yonkai and she basically stole the Unsullied yeah. by murdering their master. You know, how is no? How is that slaughtering of a person any different to this slaughtering of people? I yeah I agree, but therein lies the inherent problem with Daenerys's character and the mishandling of her so often as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is one week you know one week she is uh, a genocidal maniac. And the next week, she's supposed to be this kind of meek and mild little girl who's just finding a way in the world. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, the pendulum swings progressively more towards the former as the show goes on, even though it's always been there. It just gets more and more towards the former. Yeah, more pronounced. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree that, um, that that was odd. But in general, I love the scene. And, you know, that that shot and, and Amelia Clark's performance in that shot, um, I connected more with Daenerys in that two seconds than I have in the last five seasons. Yeah. Like that was that was an exceptional performance and an exceptionally lensed shot. That was that was grade A stuff. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent stuff. And and it really did. It, it, for a minute I was just like, oh okay, I get Daenerys here. Now, this isn't c- gonna be consistent with her character <laughs> all the no. way through. We're not gonna see her, you know, worry about what she can and can't have. Uh, this is a very rare moment of humanity for her. Yeah, um, it's the only one I can think of, uh, and and I'd forgot it even happened, so it took me by surprise when it happened. But it was good; I, I really yeah. connected with her. Yeah, um, the, the only time I ever connect is um, in the last season, whereby she's you no, know, she's surrounded by people and she really needs a coffee. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that as well. Um, that's me every day. <laughs> so, so there's our there's our Danny for the time being, and then we're over to Olena, which is always a good time. Yes, um, and just. My favourite, favourite handling of the Sparrow so far is when she's talking to the High Sparrow and she's fed up with his bullshit. So she just rolls her eyes and says, don't spar with me, little fellow. (laughs) Just absolutely cuts him off at the knees immediately. Just shut the fuck up. Who do you think you're talking to? And and it's really nice as well because there's a very brief moment moment of honesty between them at that point where they both stop trying to one-up the other. Um, because no, they go. No, she goes in and says, "No, if you're any sort of man, you'd stand when a lady enters the room." And she, no, he uh, he counters by saying, "Well, you should be kneeling before the gods." And so she, you get line, "Don't spar with me, little fellow." And he then gets out of the because he's in some sort of pit doing some sort of work, and he gets up and he he says, "Oh, oh, it's the knees for me. What's it for you?" And she asks, oh, "My hips." And it's just like my grandparents talking, you know. 
Yeah. And it was just this real, only a second or so of just complete fucking nonsense honesty, complete yeah. misplaced, irrelevant honesty. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, look, you, you've got two phenomenal actors in the scene together yes. here. So it's, it's hardly surprising that it's a great scene. Yeah. Um, but just especially when you throw the fact that Elena is such a wonderful character into the mix as well. Yes. And I, I just, I greatly enjoy anyone putting the sparrows in their place, let alone Elena, who is by far the best at putting people in their place. That was my big problem with this scene is that she didn't fucking win this scene. She wins every scene she's in, but she lost this one. And again, that is not her fault. That is this just the insistence, the absolute insistence from the writers. And maybe it's because it's in the source material. I don't know. But the insistence that the sparrows are all powerful and can't be toppled. And they're just a bunch of fucking cranks. Like, I don't like he even says uh, he says to her, your grandson and daughter swore vows and lied. Uh, Did they really? What proof does he have that they lied? They swore vows and they gave a testimony. But there's been no hard evidence to say that they lied. Either of them. No, there's testimony of somebody who also could have lied. Yeah. That, no, that's that's the whole point of it. It's no, it's the whole thing. We talked about it last week at length, but the whole thing is a nonsense, and completely. it will become even more fucking annoying later on when Tommen gets involved. Yeah, in, in know, this episode, and, and then and then she counters with him straight away as well. She, you know, she says, "You live amongst murderers, thieves, and rapists." Like she she doesn't shy away from it. She's just like, "Look, you are nobody." Yeah. Who you are no you live amongst murderous thieves and rapists. You are on the fringes of society. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. And just like Littlefinger, she does more to shut them down than the crown in one scene. It's just that for some reason, and I don't know why it surprises me, because logic and 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 sort of uh, natural progression of characters and everything just goes out of the window in this show constantly. Um yeah. but they just continue to bang the drum and try and make the sparrows a tangible threat yeah and they're not the only reason they are is because they won't allow them to be toppled they 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 have plot armor and there's no reason for them to have it no that's right i mean even within plot i mean the whole thing is that you know he he goes on about all all sins must be punished and all sinners are equal in the eyes of the gods and all the rest of it but she says you're amongst thieves and murderers and rapists why you know why aren't you going after them what they're doing is they they go they, you know they're going after you know they're going after easy targets because if they go after a murderer they're going to get fucking murdered, and yeah. you know that that no that's her point and he completely misses that and you no know, he he counters with his you no know, fucking righteous you no know, d- divine mission all this bullshit, and it, yeah it's it, it's really annoying what what annoyed me more say is that not only did she not win this sparring session because the writers won't allow the high sparrow to be beaten. She completely misreads the character, which Elena doesn't do. She no. never misreads the character. She no, she she is far too shrewd to try and bribe him. Yeah, but that is her go-to. Or what do you want? Money? I'll make you the richest septon in the world. Clearly, he's not fucking interested in that because he walks around with no shoes, no belt, and a fucking potato sack on. Yeah, it, know, it, he is clearly not fucking interested in money. So that no, that's such a miscue, and it just doesn't. Again, it doesn't make any sense because. Her character is so fucking astute, especially at reading people. That's not that's not the play she makes there. Even in no. desperation, that is not the, the that's not her go to. Here's here's the play she makes, and I fully believe she would make it as well because she come close with Tywin on many occasions as well. The play is well, okay. You think you've got it sewn up over here because you think you've got the crown in your pocket because you think that the crown should follow the laws of gods or whatever. 
But then yeah. she turns around and says, well, actually, my house doesn't have to respect the crown. So we're going to fuck you up. Yeah. Like, we will start a war. So best and, and not, to release and, them. And not only that, in the next scene or the scene where we get Tommen and Cersei, he he's he says, "I will start a fucking war. I will go to war to and get we'll my get, to get my queen will, back." We will get on to that when we get on to it because I have serious thoughts about that as well. But yeah, that's that's her go-to move. There is like, yes, okay, even if the king and Cersei, because they're in King's Landing, even if they have their hands tied, even if the crown is powerless, the other nations aren't. Yeah, if they and, want and to it's... band together and start a war, they can start. And there will be other people that will be loyal to elena okay she can bring other houses in and they can invade and they're not invading against the throne you know they're not making a play for the throne they're they're overthrowing the faction so there is absolutely no reason for him not to threaten him with that and for him not to realize that that's a tangible threat yeah and i mean listen that that would be the move i mean the, the 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 next move she makes about about cutting off the supplies cutting off the funding cutting off the food that's that is the move you start with Yes, and and then you go to you, and you, then you start that because it, no, he he he's a man of the people. He's you no, know, he he he's there to ensure that people live their best life and all the rest of it. And he he cannot he cannot endorse and certainly cannot be responsible for people suffering in no. that in the role that he's he's painted in. So that's where you go first. Is right, okay. Well, you can't be reasoned with. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure the whole fucking world knows that this is on you because you have persecuted my family. You've locked up the the queen and her brother. For no reason, with no evidence, I you know High Garden will no longer support the people of King's Landing. And it's all well and good him saying, "Oh well, you know, you're you're the few, and we're the many. We'll rise up. Rise up with what? Yeah. You don't have food. You don't have weapons. You don't know. You don't have any. No, you don't have anything you can rise up with, because the the Tyrells will be over in High Garden and will not give a shit. But they will be sitting on their their food mountains and their their gold and all the rest of it, and watching King's Landing starve because of you." That yeah. is the, that's the first play. That's what that, that's your opening gambit. Yeah, and then and then you move to well, look, I don't give a shit. We'll burn the place to the ground. We'll start the we'll start the war. We'll burn your fucking septum down. Who cares? Yeah, that's it. Job done. Or you even if you want to, and she's shrewd enough to do this as well. She'll have understood that Littlefinger's had a running with him as well. You go and see Littlefinger, and you arrange for a whore to fall on his cock. Yeah. You know when. Whether he wants it or not, I think, been, I think they've all been killed. But you know, yeah. But Littlefinger can find one if he needs to. I'm sure Littlefinger can find a red boy somewhere. Like yeah. because ultimately he's locking people up based on the strength of of their word alone. So yeah. if Littlefinger comes along and says this boy said that you fucked him in the ass, yeah. who's he to argue? Well, yeah, that's it. And then you just flip the switch and the crown lock him up, and then it's like, okay, well, one for one here. Yeah, you, you give ours back and you can have yours back. Yeah, it's that easy. There's there's all sorts of ways out of this that they just won't allow anyone to take, and it annoys me. And it, I, I well, it just I I don't understand how this is supposed to pay off. I know how it does pay off, and it makes no sense. Yeah, as I say, I, I know how it ends. No I don't know how it pays off. Yeah, uh, it doesn't because it's rubbish. It's utter nonsense. So yeah, moving on. Then we get then a scene with with Tom and Cersei talking about things. Yeah, and uh, he says she's in a prison cell. And there's nothing I can do. Uh, yes, yes, there, there is. fucking is. We talked about You're this last week. The king. There yeah. is plenty that you can fucking do. Yeah, you, um, you send in your gold plated your gold plated dickheads. You rip the fucking doors off the place and you drag her out. Yeah, and then we get this scene from Cer- and Cersei's wonderful here. Where she's talking about her children and it's it's good. Her speech is good. It's delivered yeah. well. It's delivered with passion. But it all falls flat and hollow 
because like it, it's all we know that she's behind this and we know what's behind the mask so it doesn't quite work because if she you know seeing how much pain that Tommen's in here if what she's saying is true then yeah she wouldn't she, be putting him through she it she wouldn't be putting him through it no she's she's too narratively grey at this point we can't sympathize and despise her at the same time no we can do them at, at you know we, she can be a character that we like sometimes and dislike other times and she can be morally gray in that respect but she yeah. can't be both at once no and that's what they're trying to go for here and 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 they really try and get that at the end of this episode and it's like well which is it yeah because you, you she cannot have both yeah. Okay. And I'll, it, I'll come on to the end of the episode as well. I wasn't. I had issues with that as well. Yeah. So did I. Uh, but then there's there's this line that she gives to him as well. I'll start a war if I have to. And then she seriously sort of makes this idle threat that that wouldn't that wouldn't work because Marjorie would be the first casualty. Yeah. Uh, that's that's absolute nonsense because she's too valuable an asset. Well, that, like, that's a, that, no, that she, makes no sense. Yeah, that line she, she's of too valuable. She's too valuable for them to execute. But also, that's not their mo. No, because so that, that is... then makes them murderers. That then takes away their their divine justification. Yeah, so that's at an odd. So just none of this works. None of this between the two of them works. So despite the best efforts of everyone involved in the scene, and like mm-hmm. I said, Lena Headey gives a great performance with, yeah. with what she's got, but it doesn't land because it makes no fucking sense once again. Um, yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Um, awful, awful, awful stuff. Um, so then we get back over briefly then um, to to Danny and Jora, and uh, how convenient that Danny just happens to be visiting the fighting pits on this day. But it's okay; they hand wave it because that's what the, that's what the queen is or the, the the ruler is expected to do. They're expected to do all the minor leagues first before oh, they go. Actually, yeah, I, yes, yeah. Actually, we've missed something. I've just oh, realized. Yes, yes. And it's a very good scene, actually. Uh, and it's also very convenient. Um, it's very convenient that the Sand Snake's poison should work just in time for it to wax lyrical uh, to Bron about it. Right. Um, okay. So in this, um, I've got the wiki page open in front of me, as I always do, because now research. Um, and it says in the cells, Tyene. Uh, Tyen, whatever her name is, uh, taunts Bronn by exposing her breasts to him before explaining that her daggers, with, with which he was cut during the fight, had been coated with a slow-acting poison that would activate when his heart rate increased. Where the fuck did it say that in the episode? Yeah, no, she does actually say that. She literally says that to him. I, I knew she said about the, the, the them being laced with, with poison. Slow-acting poison. Slow-acting yeah. poison. But there's nothing in there about him, him needing to be fucking aroused or his heart rate needing oh, to be Oh, no. No, no, no. There's nothing about that in there, yeah. no. So the slow-acting poison, but yeah, yeah. And and that's something we know because Oberyn did that. He had it on his spear. So when he so when he stabbed the mountain, we we saw that last season. So that's fine. But this this whole thing, and again, it's, it's something I get really fucked off with. And anything you read, and the internet's a fucking shit all anyway, but... Anything you read is that people have gone out of their way to try and justify the holes. Yeah, I mean that's, that, no, that, that's a perfect fucking example. They've, no, they've, that's fandom. That, yeah. That's fandom. See also Star Wars fandom. See also. What about Star Wars? Is perfect. Shut up. Any fandom that you like. Um, yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, but it, it, it always bugs me because I know there's always a reading, and obviously, no, that's what we do. That's no, we're we're reading it in the way that we're reading it, and we will put, we will pick holes where other people will try and plug them. But when when you get to a point where you said, I, no, you've literally taken the you've taken what is said in the episode and then extrapolated and just built on it a little bit so it makes more sense because the writing isn't there. That's yeah. the bit that fucking annoys me. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, me too. It's like I said, it's just all smacked of convenience. Um, and actually, don't know if we even needed the scene. Um, but no, not, not at all. Because apart from the fact, apart from reminding us that he's there, and you know, yeah. they all got they all got caught and they all got arrested, it's again, it's filler. But it is very entertaining filler. It's entertaining filler, and we got some decent tits in it. But I, I really like the scene. I'll be honest. Like, yes, it's filler, but I really like bronze. Always a good time. And I really like the Sand Snakes' as characters as well, as we talked about last week. And it is fucking great, despite how convenient it is, it is fucking great to see a woman treated as a person for a change and taken yes. charge. Like, she does more for the portrayal of women in this show, in the case, in, in this one scene and a couple of minutes, than any of the other female characters have done in the last five years. And and that's yeah. that's the strong women like Brienne included. Like she flat out just owns him in this scene. Mm. Um, she is fully in charge, and it's not like yes, the, yes she gets her tits out, but it's not like they're there solely for his pleasure. She's just like, yeah, I quite like him. I'm going to show him my tits. Yeah, uh, and and she's she's after it. Like she's she's in charge, and she's doing it as well to get his. Now we know get his heart race racing, get the poison to seep through, but. When the scene ends and she throws him the antidote, like she still ends it with a cheeky little smile and like actually, yeah, you know, mm. I do, I do quite like you. You know, there is something about it, but she is definitely in charge. Yeah. I think it's great, and hats off to them for that. I think it's a fucking brilliant scene. Um, really well done. Just far too convenient. <laughs> far yeah, too and, in, and entirely pointless. Yeah, but but there you go. Um, and then we did also. There is also another very quick scene which I've missed because it's crammed in the bottom of my notes. Um, we talked about Littlefinger and Elena forming a truce. Yes. Uh, truce earlier on, uh, and it, you know they do speak to each other in a in just a stunningly lensed. It's so beautifully yes. lit this scene. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's got the Emperor's throne room feel about it, which we've mentioned yes. before. Um, yeah. but it is stunning, and both of them are outstanding in the scene. You know. Um, and, and not it, only that, again, we get we get a line where it says we killed a king together. Yes, and, yeah. you know, So that's good because obviously we you know we know that you no know, Littlefinger has claimed that he he was involved in killing Joffrey or he was responsible for killing Joffrey. And there's been certainly they've alluded to the fact that Elena was involved because I mean the conversation she had with Marjorie about the fact that you no know, marrying you no know, marrying Joffrey would have been would have ruined her. So yeah. we we've had it suggested and well, she suggested it and we don't want to believe it because she's a character we like. He's outright said it and we don't want to believe it because he's a lying sack of shit so the fact that the two of them are in this room with nobody else can hear them there's there's no benefit to saying it they've no, they've confirmed that no, they they killed the king and your first thought is how did they kill robert and then you really know then you go into it and go actually yeah no they were no it was joffrey that's not so the whole thing of no, them being instrumental in this whole fucking story all of a sudden it's no it, it's a it's a really big deal because and no, we'll we'll struggle to remember that over the next couple of years until we get um, the scene with Elena and Jamie in season seven, I'd, I'd completely forgotten about it. I'll be honest. Uh, and yeah, and, and and so that's that's the point. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's an excellent scene. It's, again, really good scene with two very good actors doing a very good job with their characters, and especially since we've had the misstep with Elena, where she completely misreads the Sparrow. I think this is a, a return to form. It's, it's oh, yeah. an environment she's she's comfortable with because she knows who Littlefinger is, and yeah, she and... knows how to read him and how to play him and how, how to speak to him and, and what how to get what she wants out of him. And this is literally the two of them going, I hate the Sparrows. You hate Sparrows too. We're we powerful enough to do we this. We should form a club. Yeah, let's just fuck them up. And yeah. like, I am I am all kinds of up for that because I oh, fucking yeah. hate the Sparrows too. I went in on the club and these are two characters that I like a lot. Yeah. So count me in. Yeah. I am up. I am up for the fucking super friends that hate the Sparrows. Yeah. I call like, president. 
yeah like definitely um actually let's not be super friends against the sparrows or anything like that because it's got too much of a militaristic feel about it when it's the sas or the ss or whatever you want to be but anyway i'm totally up for their club uh and i hope we see more of it i'd actually forgotten about it um so let's hope it goes good places knowing that it won't um have we skipped the scene with jamie and Marcella yet or is that still to come it was a, it was a nothing scene, but again, it's... Uh, I don't think I've even got notes on it. So quite yeah, it, again, uh, I would imagine it's around the scene with Bron. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a nothing scene. Um, uh, it and it's just again, it's another one of those you think they've tried to put some character work in. They've tried to build Marcella up a bit, um, whereby she's of no, she's she's brought down. So Jamie's left. No, Jamie's left there in a room, and she's brought down to to to, to see him, and she's a well no. She sent me. You know, so she sent me away, and now she's telling me I have to come back. That no, that's not fair. And it's again, it's this almost like a teenage strop. And like we had it last, we we saw it, had it last week with her and Tristan when you know he went to pull his sword out and got twatted by Bron. It's just this completely fucking annoying teenage romance thing where you just want to slap her on the head and say, "Do as you're fucking told. Get on the boat." Yeah, I, I have no time for her at all. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, it, it started well last week, I thought, with, with yeah. the two of them. It was, but then that, yeah, that scene with Jamie, I was just like, I'm fucking bored of this already. Well, so I, is, I mean, as, I a, as, a character, she, as a character, she's done absolutely fuck all apart from be traded like cattle. Yeah. You know, she was, she was there as a little child in the background of episodes. Certainly the first season where um, they're, all, you know, they're all at Winterfell and Tyrion is making faces at her and Tommen over breakfast. We don't see her for ages then. And then even when Sansa is around the royal family and Arya is around the royal family in, King, in King's Landing in, in season one, she's in the background. She does fuck all. Yeah. And then they sell her off to to Dawn for what I can't remember what the what the reason was, but the, whatever alliance it was or however they they played it, they shipped her off to Dawn. We've seen her for an episode and a half, and said, like, "Who the fuck are you? Why do I care about you? Because you, you don't have a character. No, you're you're, you're a nothing character. You, you're something for Jamie to do this season. Yeah." Because he needs a mission, so we'll send him across the sea to try and bring you back. Yeah, uh, don't care. As I say, completely, completely bypassed it. Yeah, and, so. and, and as we said before, there's so much in the the backstory of Dawn with Sand Snakes and with um, you know, with uh, with the royal family there and the history with the Lancers. There's so much they could do with this entire new fucking country, and they yeah. piss it away. And I think after this season, I don't think we see them again, do we? No, no, we don't. They just vanish. Yeah, just pissed away again. Yeah, yeah, really annoys me. Um, but there you go. We'll talk about that when it happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. I, as I've been saying all along with with all of this stuff, right back to you know to Oberyn last season as well. There's so much that could go on with this storyline that doesn't. It's a shame. Um, but then I guess it's back to the fighting pits. With, yes. So so yeah, it took us took us here, then took us back two steps forward, one step back. But we're here now, and yeah, it's a fucking good job. Danny decided to come on this day, and it it really yeah. is. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they, they, they hand waved it. I know it's you know, yeah. and you you kind of get it. It's no, it's it's a bit like you know, if you compare it to sort of you know, modern sport where you've got you know, if you if you're looking at a football tournament, you always have the dignitaries at the kick at the first game and then at the end and in the middle they don't give a fuck. But yeah, you go exactly. to the first one and you make a bit of a ceremony for all the rest of it. So they hand waved it. I was fine with it. And no, it moves it 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 moves the uh, it moves things along a little bit. Yeah. So of course, Jorah spots what's going on. Uh, runs out into the pit and Jorah fighting we've said before is always great like he and interestingly he fucking fights like Batman in this he does he doesn't kill anybody I noticed that no no that was was great 
yeah, and, and it, just his moves as well. Like he does yeah. the back fists, everything. Like he's very Batman, but it's great. But it feels oddly pedestrian and tame for the yeah. show. Like well, even though, like is... yes, he's not killing anybody, and and we get that. Yeah. But they have the perfect op- opportunity to really cut loose here. Like he doesn't have to kill anybody, but he can fuck them up. He can get close, and I think that as well as that. I mean, we've already seen the rest of them, though the rest of the slaves in the fighting pit, and I like the bit at the start as well where. He, the, the, the slaver brings him out, notices the queen, and he, he starts panicking. He's trying to straighten him up and tidy him all up. I thought that was really funny because obviously they're about to get slaughtered, so it doesn't fucking matter how they, you know, how, how how neatly they stand up. They're all yeah. gonna be bleeding on the floor in a minute. So I thought that was quite entertaining. Um, but the fact that the the fight we have there is very gruesome. We do have a lot of blood. We and there, there is a scene, uh, quite a close uh, shot, whereby somebody is stabbed in the neck and dropped to the floor, and then we get blood pissing out with them like a fucking river. So we've had all of that. But they're characters we don't care about, so who, so what's the point? Yeah. And then Jorah comes out, and all of a sudden there's no more bloodshed. And it's, yeah. as you said, it's the slowest, most fucking pedestrian fight you'll ever see. It is, like, and and his moves are excellent. Like the choreography is yeah. really good, but it's just lensed in this really, just and and edited in this slow pedestrian manner. And I'm like, this this is awesome, but yeah. it could be fucking like ear punch awesome, and it's yeah. not. Uh, and so it left me slightly disappointed. Um, yeah. And but, you get the gag in the middle of it with Tyrion, which kind of slows it down a bit. Where yeah, he's but, he's trying to get out of his chains, and the the, the, the giant fella comes along, and you think he's gonna. He's it's gonna a good kill gag, him. though. It, so. It's a good gag, but it it takes. It's all the the fight that's going outside is already really fucking slow. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So to, to, to come away from it, it just completely yeah. blows it. Yeah. They'd be better off him miss, him getting out there as no, as the fucking fight is finished. So Jorah is standing in front of Daenerys, just about to take his. No, he he's won. Tyrion gets free and comes out, and then he takes his helmet off. Yes, that's no, that's how you shoot that scene to not completely ruin the already fucked pace of it. I, I agree. And then when that happens, you end the fucking episode with correct. It. How the living fuck do you not end the episode with Tyrion meeting Danny? No, this is the most probably the most important fucking meeting you will have in the show. Yeah, how because the without fuck? this without this, and I've been saying for about a year now um that there's an episode with the two of them sitting down and having a conflab which is my favorite episode of the entire fucking show because it's the best written and i've been waiting i thought it came earlier in the season but i've been waiting for this fucking episode and whether it's next week or the week after or even if it drags into season six i'm not quite sure but i've been waiting for this fucking episode this is pivotal and for the whole arc this is marrying together the two storylines in a very real way. We've had bits where they've interacted before, whereby we found out that Jorah was spying and stuff like that. So they, we, we knew they were linked, but this actually puts a tangible part of both storylines together. Yeah. This is, no, this, and I said earlier I had issues with the ending. This is the fucking ending scene where he says, I'm Tyrion Lannister. Because all of a sudden there's a threat to Tyrion because his name is Lannister. So some fucker might want to kill him, including Daenerys. Yeah. There's a threat to Daenerys because there's a Lannister there, and the Lannisters have been trying to kill her for fucking years. Yeah. So you you finish on conflict. And, yeah, it's, it's and one tense. That, yeah, yeah. And but it's it's conflict that carries through for the entire fucking show from day one, episode one, way back when, all the way through to the end. Not the ending we get, which is part of a story that's come out of fucking nowhere and quite frankly has no legs. Yeah. So I, I don't understand how we don't end with it. No. Because um, I I was getting up. Like I, I yeah, checked I, I the was, time I'm on the episode. Had... Like he came out, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll finish my coffee and I'll get up." Then that's that's yeah. me. That um, was, I, I had remote in hand. I was ready to turn it off. I was like, "Oh, right, I'm still going." Okay. Yeah, and then there's an extra fucking ten minutes or so. Yeah. 
uh, which is which does nothing other than ruin the episode. Um, yeah. and, and it's a big and, and, part of why I think the episode's so inconsistent. Is this yeah. shit? And to be honest, it's 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 a dull sequence. The last ten minutes, mainly because what we've just had should have finished it, and so that's what I was no, that's what I was waiting for. But even if they just switched the order around to put that sequence at the end, so from no Jorah going to the fighting pit right through to the end and close the episode and put this stuff before it, yes, okay, it's slightly dull. Yes, it's slightly inconsequential, but at least it's mo- it's moving along, and then we get a decent ending. Yeah, I, and I'd, I'd have been happier with that. Um, I'd have been happier cutting the episode off there anyway, and not having this bit altogether because I fucking hate the storyline just as much as you do. But if we're going to have it, let's have it in a place where it doesn't really tread on anything. Yep, totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, but all right then, let's let's get into it. We have to get into it first and foremost. We've just had that great scene with with Tyrion introducing himself, Danny. We've gone, oh, you know, we, we've had our, our gas moment. Uh, and then we follow it up with an entirely pointless scene between Cersei and Marjorie. Like, yes. what? What do we get out of this scene? Nothing. Nothing. Because I mean, we already, we already, we already know, know they hate each it. other. We know we, that yeah. Cersei's behind it. We know that Marjorie hates her and is going to fucking take her down for it. We know all of this. Yeah. So it doesn't do anything. And it's, um, I don't know whether they're trying to play for this sort of, um, I. Looking at the way it goes, I, I don't know whether they're trying to play it off as a bit of a status, a bit of a status thing, whereby very shortly they're going to be in the same boat, and one of them will escape with their dignity, and the other one won't. Maybe, so, I mean, maybe they're trying for that, but it doesn't work because all we get is Cersei goes in to go to starving woman. Starving woman has far more fucking fighting than she should realistically have because she's been in prison for however long, and no, she looks like a bag of shit at this point, as 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 much of a bag of shit as Natalie Dormer can look. No, she no, she's she's very much made down. She's in rags. She's dirty. Her hair is mank and all the rest of it. So no, they've done their best to make her look really fucking bad. And meanwhile, Cersei's there and all her finery. So I don't know whether they're trying to present this sort of this this you know this status difference between them. But I don't care. No. Is the problem? I could not give two fucks because I don't know. As you said, the the sparrows aren't the tangible threat. So the fact that Marjorie's locked up, we know she's getting out at some point. How it happens, I'll get there when i get there and do what you like i don't really give a fuck she ain't no she's not dying in there is she no you know? so i don't really care so the fact you've got somebody going in there to goad her with fucking venison stew who cares yeah uh, they'd, totally. be far, they'd be far better off just completely overlooking that scene and starting with the next one yeah yeah oh yeah totally uh we we don't need this scene between them at all um and then and then the next scene is equally as annoying because Again, we get the Sparrow and Cersei starting to just have a bit of a discussion uh, before it before it takes a turn. Um, but I know Cersei's got a vested interest in all of this, right? I know we've that's been made abundantly clear yeah. to us since the start of the season. But seriously, now she is not thick and has never been painted as thick. What the fuck is she doing? Why is she even entertaining this bullshit? Like. Yeah, and it, it's almost like I mean we've we've seen Cersei since day one. Cersei has always been her of the acerbic wit, her of you know, her of the colossal fucking comeback. And she stands there like a deer in headlights, yeah. just smiling and nodding. And then, you know, we get to the point where the, the sparrow you know, the scene does build yeah quite nicely, to be fair, and the sparrow starts like throwing these veiled threats out and insinuating that he knows what's going on with her, and it's like the the Cersei that we've come to know over the past five years mm. would have guards come in and slit his throat on the fucking spot. Yeah. There's no way she's in there on her own, even if she thinks she's and she's in there with an ally. 
which yeah. she does. There's no way she's going in there un- no, unaccompanied. She would have him killed on the spot. And this I, isn't, we're not talking about the crown and the repercussions of the crown. We're no. talking about Cersei fucking Lannister. Yeah. Not, not the Queen Regent, none of that. Just Cersei fucking Lannister. She would kill him on the spot and return yeah. to Tom and victorious. Look what mummy did. I got yeah. her out of the prison. And then, you know, she, then uh, you, you have a point then with Marjorie then has to eat shit for a while. Yeah. Because she's got her out of prison. So yes. Marjorie can't then turn around to Tommen and say, oh, it wasn't your mother evil, because he's going to be able to turn around and say, well, no, actually, if it wasn't her, you out of jail. Yeah. you'd still be in that cell. So she like, she gets everything she wants if she just kills him on the spot right now. And yeah. there's nothing stopping her doing it. And the thing is, not only that, okay, from, from a logic standpoint, because I love my logic standpoints, um, she ain't going there unaccompanied, point one. Point two... Tommen's not going to let her go unaccompanied because they've just fucking imprisoned his wife and his brother-in-law. He's no even being as fucking young and naive and as inept as he is, he's not going to risk his last fucking ally going no. in there with a risk of being you no. Know, even if he thinks the sunshine's out of her ass, even if he thinks she's perfect and she's she's got no reason to fear them, he's just seen them arrest and incarcerate his wife. So what? No, he's not letting her go on her own either. No, it's it makes no sense whatsoever. No. Um, but yeah, that that's the bit. More than all of that, more than even the the discussions about what what Tommen would or wouldn't do. The thing for me is that Cersei as a character is absolutely too smart and too vicious to put up with any of this shit. The second yeah. she feels threatened and her back is against the wall, she would take that fucker out. Yeah, immediately because yeah, that's what question. she's done to everyone else. Yeah, like. It makes no sense whatsoever for her to put up with this bullshit. And then it gets to the point where they drag her away, throw her in prison. And then it's like, all of a sudden, she remembers who she is. And don't get me wrong, it's a fucking wonderful line. And she yeah. delivers it cold and calculated. And and she absolutely nails it where she looks at the woman and says, take a good look at my face. It's the last thing you'll see before you die. And you know she means it. Yeah. But it's too little too late at this point. Like, And once more, not let's just take the crown element out of it now yeah. cersei has her own guards that are loyal to her yeah how the fuck is she in prison like where's the mountain now at this point well the like, mountain's still off i know dead. he's still i know he's still on a slab but this is do you know what i mean he's this is where you introduce him isn't it yeah exactly or if not him you can have any one of the king's guard that is loyal to her rather than the king which is loads of them yeah and you just go like right okay time to break her out like it, but, but then again the only the only named ones that we've seen who are loyal to her are Meryn Trant who's over in Bravos with um Dopey Tyrell mm-hmm. at the Iron Bank and Jamie who's not there because he's in Dawn yeah so I mean in that, with that respect she hasn't there isn't anybody who we know to be loyal to her however as you said no she no she would have these people there um but yeah it's like you were saying earlier on the line the line is beautiful it's perfect and it sums her up perfectly however the problem is she's at this point, we're we're supposed to be shocked that she you know, that they they've turned on her and you know, because they you know, their wrath is endless and you know, their 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 sense of justice and blah 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 blah. So that's fine. But so, are we meant to feel sorry for her that she's been double crossed? Are we meant to be angry on this her is, behalf? This is or the thing. Are we she meant is... to be angry with her. We can't. We, I can't work out how we're supposed to feel about this. Is I, this I... a triumphant moment because she's been a colossal cunt and bitch all the way through it? Are we supposed to be happy that she's now getting her comeuppance? This is the thing. She's reaping what she sowed even though I don't think she'd be dull enough to do so. But it's the same issue that we had with speech to Tom to Tom and earlier on. We can't sympathize and despise her. We can't do both. 
We yeah. either we either are on her side at this point or not. Yeah. And and you can't you can't have the middle ground at the same time. It, it's it doesn't work like that. We can't go. Oh yeah, well she did kind of deserve that, but I do like her, so maybe I want. It. It's like it doesn't work like that. No, you either one or the other. Or you don't. Yeah, it's one or the other, and we didn't. We need to know what we're feeling for her because this is, especially the a character like you know the Sparrow as well. Like they are dealing in moral absolutes. Yeah. So therefore, we have to know which side of that moral absolute we come down on. And look, there's no question for me. I fucking hate the cunts. All right, mm. so I want them gone. But it's like I. I I can't also sympathize with Cersei because she's brought this on herself because she's been so fucking stupid. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, it, it's just such poor, right? It's got, it's got holes in it that you could drive fucking Arctic lorries through. Yeah. This, this storyline, it makes well, no sense. Yeah. Well, with, with that in mind, who do you think wrote this episode? Oh, it's gotta be the Wonder Twins. Correct. There's no doubt about it, is there? It's got to be the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Although it, it's a new director, and it's a first-time director, and he's, I, I'm, I think he's done a really good job. It looks very good. I, I think the direction's really good, with the exception of Jorah's fight scene, which was oddly pedestrian. Yeah. I think, I think actually, the direction is is really good. I think there are some nice dialogue passages. Um, yeah. Not not brilliant stuff, but there are some nice dialogue passages. But there are. Some exceptionally good performances. As I say, Sam and Gilly scene is very sweet. Daenerys is fantastic in that one that yeah. one shot. Um, you know, I, I think the scene with Bronn and the Sand Snakes was excellent as well. So yeah, like hats off to the director. He really knows what he's doing. Um, all of the pacing is is pretty good. Again, Jorah's fight scene aside. Uh, the storylines hang together consistently. Yeah. We're not like we jump about quite a bit in this episode, but we never lose our place. Um so the blocking is all fine. Nothing feels stunted. Yeah. You know, the, the as we said, the opening was good. I, I, the direction is really, really good. Um, my problems with this episode are inconsistencies with storylines. Yeah. And it's it's enough to kind of... I, I've had enough logic gaps and enough bits that I'm really annoyed with for it to pull me back. So I feel, like I said at the start, I feel like it's a really odd episode. Like, there's nothing really wrong with it per se apart mm. from the stuff with the sparrows which is a big issue in and of itself um and it, but it just feels like it's like this collection of really good scenes yes. that that don't make sense together and that's yeah. not the director's fault that's the script he's been given and he's made the best of it that he can in that yeah. all the scenes are really good and the through lines for each of the characters are good where where he's able to play with them. Even Cersei's, as much as we disagree with it, like you get the through line from her starting to regret maybe what went on with, with Tommen and, and saying, I'll do anything for you, you're my family, and then going to rub salt into the wound and then yeah. getting her come up. And it's like there is a through line there. It's just not one that makes sense. No, uh, and so I think the director does well to handle that. So it, it is just this—it's a really good, solid collection of scenes that don't mesh together. No, uh, and, and I think I, it's not helped by the fact that they're they're hung in slightly the wrong order as well. Yeah, exactly. And no one story really moves forward is the problem. No, because I mean, if you think about it, Sam, well, Sam has cut. No, John has disappeared early on. Yeah, Sam hasn't. Sam has progressed his relationship with Gilly, but his. This episode, apart from that, this episode hasn't no, it hasn't moved him on. It's set him up to move on, and I think it's, a, yes. it's an important episode for him. But he doesn't actually move on. His station doesn't change. No, Sansa's station doesn't change because she is still trapped. 
Yeah. She's still without allies and she's still stuck in uh, Winterfell as Ramsay's wife. Danny's story doesn't move on. Even Jorah's story doesn't move on. And Tyrion's story doesn't move on because we get to the point where it should move on and then it, it, we cut away from it. Yeah. We, we, we don't get the payoff that we've spent the whole episode building up to. It's almost like it should be, it either should be a two parter whereby, you know, next week we'll finish off what we started this week or they needed to drop some of it and move it to next week so they could finish the line and get to the point where actually there was a point in the episode. Yeah. Now, of yeah course, totally for at least agree. somebody, there was a reason for turning up that week. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, it's, it's just, it's treading water, isn't it? That's what it is, yeah. but it's doing it very well. So it, it's left me with a, with a kind of odd feeling. It's, um, I mean, I've summed it up in, in one word at the end. It's meh. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> it's, it's meh. It's good. It, it like the, the, the scenes are good. But the episode as a whole is just meh. Yes. Good stuff. But none of it I remembered really until I watched it again. I went, oh yeah, that's really good. No, so. um, I mean I um I didn't remember apart from the so the the bit of Cersei being uh, taken prisoner. I didn't well, yeah, remember but they, anything. They're it's, big story. It, yeah, it's an iconic so, moment in it. Yeah. It's a key moment in her story. I did not remember a single fucking thing that happened in this episode. Nope. Apart apart from the um uh, no, sorry, sorry. apart from the the big moments, there's nothing that stood out. Yeah, um, Tyrion, say, no. meeting, Tyrion meeting Danny and Cersei getting thrown in jail. You know the big story moments that you know happen. You just don't know what episodes they happen in. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So the, the rest of it is was all just like, yeah, okay, fine. But it obviously didn't make that much of an impact first time around. So yeah, that's it. Meh. There you go. I mean, th- uh, interestingly, it was um, it had a, a massive drop in viewers in the US um, from the previous week. Right. Uh, which has been attributed to the backlash from the um, the, the rape scene at the end, um, and so the, uh, there there were lots written about it at the, at the time where people were saying they were going to boycott HBO, they were going to cancel their uh, the subscriptions and stuff like that. They were never going to watch HBO again, um, and that was really blamed for it. So you know, it, I mean, it's still watched by five and a half million people um, on its first airing, which um, just the, the previous episode was uh, watched by just under six and a half. Um, so it had a, a significant drop, but then next week's, which is probably one of the most action-packed episodes we're going to get for a while, uh, beat both of them in the ratings. So you know, whoever was boycotting really didn't take it that seriously. No, clearly not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same. I think it was a, a reasonable episode. I just didn't. It doesn't stand out as being that important. Um, no. As always, love to know what people think. Um, we may have missed a point somewhere. We probably have. Um, I've learned something about cheese testers. Um, but yeah, I'd every get... day's a school day. Well, that's it. Every day's a school day. You're right. Um, but yeah, so if, if people have thoughts, let us know. Um, get in touch on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can find uh, previous episodes of this show as well as our other shows. You can find us on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Blueberry, Amazon Music, um, give, uh, give us a like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, and we'll get back to you as best we can. But until next time, game over.